Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Out of Bounds. As always, I'm your host, Spencer Brown, and joining me are my co-hosts for this evening's episode, Dalton Bishop and Christian Ernst. So, we all know that you're probably paying attention to the election, but this is not an election podcast. We will not be talking anything about the election. We have sports that we will be delivering to you, hopefully as like an escapism for some of you, or just something to do during your day so there will be no election talk from this podcast except for this little bit here but we're beginning here with some news from the nba where the uh, nba players association and the board of governors have been meeting to discuss the start for the season and expected to have that vote tomorrow with the start date of december 22nd in a 72 game schedule which i'm all for starting it as soon as they possibly can I mean, I know some teams like the Lakers and the Heat disadvantage for them a little bit because of them playing in the finals. But then we have eight teams whose season ended abruptly in March that have not played since then. And some of them may not even have practiced that much since March. So I think those eight teams specifically, they want to play as soon as possible. So December 22nd is looking like the clear fate for the beginning of the season. And 72 games, obviously, you have to condense it down a bit just because 82 games is the normal schedule. But with the 82-game schedule, you have – it will last a little bit longer than a normal – like, especially starting December. Like, we saw the lockout 2011 season. They started December 25th, Christmas Day, played 66 games that year. So, it's going to be a different season, but it's still a season nonetheless. Dalton, what is your – like, overall, your thought process with the uh, – I mean, this is still a lot of moving parts with training camp scheduled for December 1st. But are you excited for the uh, December 22nd basketball season? This yeah, year? yeah, I am. It should be it should be a fun time. Yeah, and it's right around the Christmas time. So, yeah, that should be nice. Now, I just – I want to – I'm just going to pick on you just for a second oh, right now. We haven't had the draft yet. Brandy hasn't happened yet. Training camp hasn't happened yet. But before all that, 29 teams have a head coach. The one that doesn't is your Oklahoma City Thunder. Is there any news you're hearing on a like hiring of a head coach anytime soon? Um, no. And uh, quite frankly, um, <laughs> if we go into the season without a hiring a head coach, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> um, oh yeah, just have CP3 so, just I think so. I think honestly, if we pull like I'm trying to make a movie reference here, but if we pull like a a sort of like team motion from like the longest yard where there is no coach until like the very end, um, then I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be mad at all, really. And I think, I think honestly, um, every fan that knows that the Thunder are going to be in some some rebuild, and uh, you know, I think I think I think that they can they can still make a run at maybe the. Uh, the uh, tank playoffs, uh, the uh, who had the best tank job in 2020. Um, hopefully they can get a top pick. I don't know if they'll contend for the playoffs again. But, no, I haven't heard any news uh, as of late. So yeah. yeah, a lot of moving parts. Christian, I mean, obviously you, you're a Heat fan. The Heat played up until the NBA Finals. They lost, unfortunately. But they have like a short, shorter offseason. But that team makes the Finals always does. This year is just historically shorter than normal because of the, all the postponements and whatnot. But what's just your thoughts on the uh, – well, I guess the short layoff that your team would have this year between uh, seasons. It, it'll be interesting. Um, there is rumors. I think I think it was Danny Green who was saying how, like, there may be players who may not even play at all. You know, LeBron may not, AD, Jimmy, Hero, you know, whoever – uh, so it does kind of suck that Miami has to go right back on December twenty second, but I mean we're trying to we're all trying to go back to normal and trying to go back into how things are with season and everything. So you kind of got to start it whenever you can, and yeah, Christmas time I think it would be a good time. It will be interesting because free agency and the draft haven't happened, and I think the draft's like next week. Is that right? 
It's coming up. Double check. I mean, if you're Anthony Edwards, you get drafted to uh, Minnesota or Golden State, and then you go right into a full live action game. Not even uh, probably a little bit over a month later. I mean, I don't know. It'll be interesting, but can't wait the NBA to start again. Okay, so I have it pulled up right here just to sidetrack for a second. NBA draft two weeks from the day, November 18th at mm. 7 p.m. But, yeah, this is going to be an interesting year for the rookie class especially because – and it's going to be – I saw someone break it down that, like, last year ended in June starting October. So, you got a few months there. Whereas this year ended in October, and you have the draft, free agency, training camp, all that in, like, a little over a month. So, it's very different. And – Obviously, they want to play the fans in the stands. One thing that I've seen from a few other people, like Sham Sharania tweeting out from the Athletic Stadium, is that the uh, idea that we all remember last year, they, it was specifically for the bubble, was that play-in game for the tournament, 8-9, if it's within a certain amount of games. I'm a big fan. I don't know if they're going to implement it permanently. I think still preliminary discussions on that. But I'm a huge fan of that. I think you gotta make it maybe one game, possibly two games, for eight and nine. I don't think I think four was just a little ridiculous, and I think it was just partially because of how last season was. But if they implement the eight nine game for the play- another playoff game revenue stream coming in, obviously, I mean I don't know if we'll see like an eight nine game and possibly an upset like a Cinderella story run. But any type of expansion, I mean NBA has a lot of teams already, but. I'm I'm all for extra basketball game. Dolan, what's your thoughts on a, the possible eight nine game for the NBA? Um, well, I, I mean I don't really know yet. Just yet. I mean I think I think it would be. I, I mean honestly, it might be a pretty good idea. Um, and be pretty pretty interesting to see how it goes. But I mean I don't really have a very good opinion right now. Um, maybe in like a few weeks once once I get more information about it, but. You know, I think I think what the NBA is doing currently um, is making uh, good strides, and uh, obviously dealing with the times that we have, the new normal, so to say, uh, and just trying to make the most of what they got currently. Christian, any additional thoughts on a possible eight nine game for I the NBA playoffs? I think it'll be really interesting just to give some other you know, low baller teams uh, a chance to get into the playoffs. Uh, yeah. I'd- if there are like one, two games behind, then I would consider doing that. Um, but I mean, nothing much. I mean, if they do it, it'll be more exciting and trying to get revenue up. But I mean, we'll just see. But I, I'll be for it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I mean, I'm all for anything. Also, in other NBA news reports came out that um, Daryl Moore, who's now with the 76ers, is eyeing possible James Harden reunion I don't know like what like they plan on offering or anything but James Harden to Philly would be a very interesting move obviously reuniting Maury and a Philly team that needs some direction especially at guard because Simmons is as good as he is he's not the shooter that Philly would need so I think it's an over it depends what the trade would end up being but I think this would be a solid addition for Philly if they were to get James Harden Christian I'll go to you first on this what would you Think about a possible James Harden to Philly move. It that would be interesting. Uh, I would say Houston would have to get a lot for that because, you know, James Harden is probably top five player, definitely top ten player in the league. And uh, for getting a guy like him, Philly's got to trade away Ben, got to trade some uh, draft capital because uh, there is there's plans of Joel Embiid and James Harden. I don't know if the chemistry is going to work. James Harden wants the ball a lot. Um, and with Joel being down low, I don't know how that chemistry is going to work and all that stuff because Harden drives to the basket a lot. Um, I mean, it, w- it would probably work and be okay, but I wouldn't do it if I was Philly. I understand like Harden is a good pull, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, Dalton, any additional thoughts on that? No, sir. I agree. Yeah. Also, another possible trade candidate is uh, the ever-underrated Drew Holiday. You know, he's had a pretty good career, but he's always been, like, on, like, subpar teams, kind of flying under the radar. 
this past year, he's been with the Pelicans. He was previously in – he's been New Orleans since 2013. He was previously with the 76ers. I mean, like, not getting much love, but he's a very good player to have. And if he – I want to see him on a contending team. Like, he, Drew Holiday in the playoffs would be a very good thing. Again, I'll, again, some different times, but Don, I'll start with you on this. Any thoughts on a – I don't know. This I haven't seen any teams. It's just it's flowing around that Drew Hottie could be traded. There's no teams listed right now as interested. But do you think any teams jump out to you that may need another point guard like Drew Holiday? Um, hmm, hmm, There might be a few. I can't think off the top of my head right now. But there's definitely a few that definitely need a point guard. Um, Drew Holiday has been a capable starter for the past 10 years, something like that, um, however long yeah. he's been in the league. So, you know, whoever whoever gets them, whoever trades for him, if somebody does trade for him, um, they're getting they're getting a capable starter, a nice veteran. Um, he's been a very good defensive player too. Um, very much known for his defense, I think. Um I mean, I'm just throwing this out there. His two brothers play for the Pacers right now, Justin and Aaron Holiday. That would be if they had all the Holiday brothers. It'd be Holiday in. team. Would be <laughs> Holiday in. Holiday <laughs> in. Additional thoughts That's on a? No, oh my the Holiday. If they Holiday put all three of them up on the court, yeah. Mike. Because yeah, there was a game last year when the Pelicans played the Pacers that all three were on the court at the same time and. They show like the Paris and the stand or whatnot. Christian, any additional thoughts for Drew Holiday? Um, he's definitely, if he does get traded, I think uh, a contender would really love to have him. And this is just a throw, but L.A. possibly the Lakers or which one? Uh, oh, I was gonna say. Lakers and Clippers. Oh, Lakers. I think more a little bit Lakers. But there's rumors they uh, they won out of uh, the Kyle Kuzma. They won out. I have a lot of other guys like Dwight Howard, I think, is a free agent, and JaVale McGee. Rondo's, Rondo's a free, free agent, agent so too. Possibly picking up uh, Drew would definitely help Lakers' chances for next season uh, for the finals. So that's an option. Uh, Clippers may go after him, but probably not. Um, or Philly, I think. I don't think the Clippers have any capital to give up. They gave it all away to uh, yeah. Oh, okay. to get that's Paul right. Rollers. That's right. Yes, sir. Yep. And of course, Dalton agrees with that. Um, yeah, there's yeah, no first real. round picks there. But uh, yeah, I think I think either the Lakers or Philadelphia would be nice moves to uh, for Drew. Okay, so that's about the NBA news. Again, we'll have a lot more. Info in the next couple weeks, especially with the draft coming. We may give some draft predictions in a couple weeks before the draft ends up going on. Other news with uh, Major League Baseball, the Detroit Detroit Tigers hire A.J. Hinch, which that name sounds familiar, is because he was infamously tied to the Houston Astros, World Series champion, one of the rare managers to – Go to the World Series and then not coach again because he uh, obviously he got fired after the, everything broke out. Something I saw, just kind of sidetracking for a second. The last two times a manager went to the World Series and then was not returned the next year. 2011 with uh, La Russa, with the Cardinals, he won it all. He retired. The White Sox just hired him a few weeks ago. And then A.J. Hinch gets hired. So it's just an interesting tidbit right there. I, I personally I like the hire because I mean it's kind of sucks that like his he was suspended for one season and the one season ends up being a short and sixty game year so he, like it's not his it's not necessarily AJ Hinch's fault that that's what happened but you could argue that maybe he didn't get enough I mean he did lose his job overall after the incident and he has been suspension is up over now. So I'm I like the hire because you know he is still a World Series winning manager. So and Detroit, you know they've struggled, but so did the Houston Nationals before they brought on Hinch, and then he rebuilt them, went to the World Series a few times. So Don, I'll go to you on this. What's your reaction to the AJ Hinch hiring in Detroit? I think Detroit wants to go and try win a win a uh, World Series right now. Um, I think uh, I think that you know. 
<laughs> I, honestly, the Tigers, they probably they probably just need some need some help with the managing and um I don't know, man, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So don't be surprised if Detroit gets their gets themselves in like quite the quite the quite the pickle this upcoming season. Don't be surprised if some stuff comes up in the news. So yeah, I mean, Detroit, they lack a lot of talent. Obviously, they fired their manager because they weren't winning a lot. But, I mean, the Astros, his first year, I'm just, I looked this up. I just have it pulled up. 20, I'm going to look, I'm going to give me a second here. 2014, the year before he was there, they were a 70 and 92 team. His first year there, they go 86 and 76 and losing the ALDS. Next year, they missed the playoffs. His third season there, 101 wins, World Series champions. 103 wins, lose the ALCS. 107 wins, and they lose the World Series to the Nationals. So he's a winning manager. I mean, again, you can argue and criticize him because of the cheating, but he, the only thing that from all the reports were, he was not necessarily knowing of this, but it was like kind of like similar to Sean Payton with the Bounty Gate scandal. Was this kind of like you're in charge and this went on in your program you didn't like do anything about it so that's kind of the deal there okay i like the hire do you see i don't know detroit this year but i think a few years they'll be in the playoffs Dawn, do you have any additional like thing when do you think never. detroit will be back in the playoffs never. i don't I know like, the roster though that's well. like a couple of years from now i would say yeah christian do you have any additional thoughts for uh the tigers hiring former Astros i mean aj hinch like, Detroit hasn't been good for the last several years. So, I guess anything would be good for Detroit. So, I mean, I would take it if I was Detroit fans. But, I mean, I won't I won't believe anything until I see improvement from them. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at Detroit. They, from 2011 to 14, they won four straight divisional titles. They won the pennant. Went to the World Series in 2012, where they got swept by the Giants. So, they haven't been good in a long time but this move is what they needed they need something they like did. this also right now the only opening is uh my beloved red Sox, and there's reports they might be bringing back alex cora who was also fired because of the implication and wasn't, he, wasn't he scandal. with the nets so or in the Mets, excuse me no cora who was, was who the was the Sox. mets coach i forget Oh, that, that was uh, Carlos Beltran. He was a catcher. Okay. He was a player on the I've team. Seen him. Yeah, that was also unfortunate because he hadn't made. He got fired before managing a game. But yeah, also another note with AJ Hinch. He actually, when he played baseball in '03, he played for the Detroit Tigers. So uh-huh. I don't know what his number was. So he is familiar a little bit there. But yeah, not official yet. But Alex Cora is one of the finalists for the Red Sox job. And uh, that does it for me with all the news pre-NFL. So we're going to take a quick ad break and be back with NFL news. Welcome back from the ad break. And here we are with the NFL. Has stated we still have one undefeated team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and one winless team with the Let's New York Jets. So this if nothing's changing. If any, if they lose, the Steelers ever lose or the Jets ever win, we will obviously be covering that. Uh, so that's going to lead us. We're going to just have the entire show dedicated to <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers or New yep. York Jets. But anyway, some big news coming out. Uh, a few notable quarterbacks move possible benchings with the Jacksonville Jaguars benching Gardner Minshew's expected to be Jake Lutton with the start this week. And then the Cowboys are possible. They have come out and said they're going to bench Ben DiNucci in favor of either uh, Cooper Rush or I forget the guy's name off the top of my head. But it was Cooper Rush. I think it's the prohibited favorite for that position to start, which I don't know. I think I think Jacksonville may have seen enough with anyone, you know, see how this rookie plays, another six-round rookie. So we'll see how that goes. Dallas, I think, is a little overreaction. I mean, under their offense wasn't scoring, but I don't know how much of that's Danucci's fault, really. I mean, I guess you have Zeke and you have Cooper and you have some receivers out there. 
you probably shouldn't be scoring nine points. But it's an interesting move, nonetheless. Don, I'll start with you here on uh, Jacksonville and Dallas benching their quarterbacks. Um, you really hate to see it. Um, I mean, really, because Jacksonville has nothing to play for except for Trevor Lawrence. Um, and New York looks like they're beating him yeah, on that. Yeah, so uh, uh, very, very unfortunate. Now, as I know you were talking about the Cowboys, um, my beloved team. Um, very, very sticky situation that we got that we got going over there. Um, I think really that that doesn't make any sense for you to bench Ben DiNucci after one game. Man, like he played, yeah. he played oh. one game, and they of course they lost because their defense is atrocious. But like, you can't just you can't just do that to him. Like, come on, like give him at least like three or four games. Yeah, it's also not his fault they were exactly that bad. exactly. So I mean, come on, look at look at uh the uh, Jags. They gave they gave uh what God, what's his name Gardner Minshew like half the season. Like, come on. They also traded away. They also gave Foles a big deal. Foles got injured and traded away right. Foles in the offseason. So I mean, uh, I just don't get it. It's a revolving I just don't door. Get it, man. I mean, it's. I mean, it's again. It's unfortunate that Dak is injured because Dak. I mean, that team is. I don't know how bad they are. Just they have a good offense. That's Their defense paper. is That's something that is non-existent. No. I think. <laughs> yeah, and and the division is very winnable still too. Christian, any additional thoughts on a. Uh, the benching of Danucci. Uh, it's a sad day in Jacksonville. Gardner Minshew. Um, I wouldn't say he's a bad quarterback. I think a lot of teams would have him as a good backup. But, you know, Jacksonville is kind of playing for either Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence or um, the uh, North Dakota State playoff. Yeah, Trey Lance. Oh, Trey Lance. Um, maybe Ludden's the guy. We don't know yet. Ludden could be – maybe this – because that's kind of what happened last year was – Garter Minshew was kind of thrashing the position, like, hey, he's yeah, not actually he's not as bad as we thought. Another year, yeah. So maybe Ludden could be a. But good I think uh, with Dallas and everything, they're projected right now uh, to be the, like in the fifth, uh, like the fifth, sixth pick in the draft this year. And I heard, you know, there's a little rumor, but possibly they may go after Justin Fields or another quarterback in Dallas. Uh, to me, they have a lot more problems than the quarterback position. Their defense secondary is awful. Uh, their front seven isn't that bad. And their coach, I mean, is just not good. You know, I, I bought into the McCarthy's <laughs> thinking, you know what? He coached Aaron. He coached Favre. He had you – know, he was a coordinator, I think, in San Fran with Montana. He's, he's going to be okay with Dak or any of these guys. And he's flat out not. So I'm glad to see Dallas be losing. I'm sad for Garner Minshew being benched, but that's the way the NFL is. Yeah. Another – it's unfortunate news coming out of Baltimore. But, uh, Ronnie Stanley injured out for the season. Very devastating blow to that old line there. But the one plus side, and this is like kind of a like bad way to look at it, but – Stanley just signed an extension the week before. Imagine if he didn't have that security and he went and got injured. Maybe he doesn't get that contract. That's possible. Or maybe they do give him the contract anyway because he's really good. But, man, just very bad timing. And Baltimore, I mean, Pittsburgh could be pulling away in that division soon. But it's a huge blow for that division. I'll go to Christian. Do you, do you, um, did you play O-line? I had to play, play both because at the sales – you had to play two positions because we didn't have a big team. But offense, no, I absolutely was trash at it. Um, I remember my coach telling me, if you played O-line, we seriously have only 10 other uh, healthy <laughs> players on the team. So that's really that's really encouraging. Oh, my. But, but, so, but you do have some experience. So how big of a blow is Ronnie St- – I mean, Ronnie Stanley is also one of the best right tackles out there. How big of a blow uh, is It's Stanley a huge blow. Right I thought he was – was he right tackle or was he left tackle? I thought he was the left. He's right, right tackle. Okay. So, it's still a blow. You know, one of your best offensive linemen goes down. Um, in 
I mean, it doesn't matter if it was, you know, a guard or center or tackle. Losing one of your top guys is absolutely awful for any team. So it's a huge blow for them. I think they'll be okay, but we'll just see how it uh, how it unfolds. But yeah, they definitely lost their best offensive lineman. So you know, uh, hope for best for Ronnie, and I think Baltimore will still be very competitive without him. But uh, we'll just see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, also, of note, they lost Marshall Yonda oh, yeah. in the offseason retirement. So, that's two of their guys from last year. So, Dalton, any additional thoughts on that? I mean, obviously, prayers up for his ankle to heal out for the season now. Right. Yeah. No, I think, uh, I think, again, big, tough loss. Um, good thing he signed that extension in the offseason or two weeks, week before. It was, I looked it up, it was October 30th he signed the extension. He gets injured November 1st. <laughs> That's terrible. Very, <laughs> it's just a bad I – mean, I mean, he is locked at the extension. Yeah, they should be fine, though. Ravens got a good team. And then uh, on one note before we get, dive into uh, otherwise uneventful NFL trade deadline, Javon Wims for the Chicago Bears. Name may not be familiar, but you've definitely seen the video of the Bears player who decided to hit uh, Gardner Johnson from the Saints, which – NFL players, for I keep seeing this all the time. It is the dumbest thing in the world to take a swing at a guy who is wearing a helmet <laughs> with your fist. It is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And people still do it. I have no clue why people do this. Maybe he the moment. Blow off some steam. you got to be – This got to be a lot better. To hit the guy, tackle him, don't hit him in the helmet. With him. And rightfully suspended. He got two games suspension. He – Appeal and he got upheld, so he will be serving a two game suspension. But <laughs> I don't know why people still do this. Have you not learned your lesson after all of this time? Dalton, you got it. Man, I've seen the video. It's, it's wild. It is something to see, I think. Oh my gosh, dude. Hey, the only player, well, okay, so out of all the fights that I've seen on the football field in my entire life. The only player who has room to talk is Miles Garrett because he took the he helmet off and hit with somebody and hit it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's the he only person. Okay. Everybody else, they just keep the helmet on and they just go after him, start punching. I'm like, first of all, wouldn't that hurt oh, your hand? And oh second goodness. off, yeah. <laughs> second off, you're not really doing any damage except maybe to yourself. Which yeah. is No, you know you don't see the garters. Yes, I do. Right. He's the guy who Michael Thomas allegedly got an altercation with in the offseason. I think it was during the offseason or like during oh the season. <laughs> or Michael Thomas punched him in practice and got sent home. Like, God. Man, I don't know what this is. This, I, I mean, how much I guess. Is this no, I so I looked at, you know, actually what happened. So it was like 10, 20 plays before all this happened where uh, CJ – went after uh, Wims and pulled out his mouthpiece and, like, threw it somewhere. And then, like, 20 plays later, because Wims wasn't on the field, uh, he goes up, you know, does a play or whatever. Then after the play, he walks up to him. He pulls out his mouthpiece and then just and then punches him. But it was kind of funny because he punched him and he, like, ran back for some reason and then punched him again and then, yeah. But the two-game suspension, my goodness, that should not have happened. He, you cannot do that. Oh my like, I don't care how mad you are. And, like, two games, he's lucky. He's lucky as two games. That's true. Yeah, it, it's very okay, – I don't understand what's going through people's heads anytime I see this. Everybody wants to fight. But anyway, another – yeah, also uh, – I know Dolan's going to get, I mean, not joy in, like, the sense of, like, he's happy they're injured, but joy in the sense of the division is very winnable now. In uh, San Francisco, George Kittle out eight weeks with an injury. Jimmy indefinitely, possibly the rest of the season. Huge blow for a 49ers team that was riding from that Super Bowl appearance last year and possibly looking to go back. It does. It appears that it's all but lost with your – at least your best player. I don't know if Jimmy, you would consider him up there, but their best player 
And then also today, Kendrick Bourne testing positive for COVID-19. And 49ers play tomorrow night, at least at the moment. And I just saw something today I shared with you guys. No player that got an offensive touch in the NFC title game last year for San Francisco will be playing tomorrow because of their injuries or they're off the roster because they got trade Matt Brenda. So, I mean, Dawn, I'll start with you, NFC yeah. West. How winnable do you think – I mean, I don't know. where. How do you see that playing out for the 49ers and specifically to your Rams on a chance to get some ground I mean, I think I think really – um, because of the injuries, I think they better. Uh, I think obviously the Rams stand a better chance of finishing and finishing out this season strong. Um, I mean, I don't know. Seattle's playing pretty well right now, and so are the Cardinals. So unless something bad happens to either of those teams, I mean, I don't because San Francisco lost last week, so they, yeah, they lost last week to Seattle, so. Um, as far as I'm concerned, San Francisco season's over. And I thought it was over three or four weeks ago after they had all these injuries happen to their offense and their defense. Um, Injury exactly, bug just keeps on exactly. biting. And, you know, it, it actually what, what freaking, like, keeps – I don't know. I, this, thing, this thing that keeps uh, really getting to me is that San Francisco's defense is still top 10, top 8 in the league. And they have all those injuries on the defensive side of the ball. Like, Richard Sherman's not playing. And they're playing with second and third string, like, cornerbacks. Um, and their pass defense I mean, is still pretty were, good. So I mean, last year, their de- offensive their defensive yeah. line, excuse me, was all first-rounders. Right. Now, all but Eric Armstead is gone because Bose's injured. They traded away... Uh, mm-hmm. Forrest Buckner to mm-hmm. the Colts. So. Christian, any additional thoughts on uh, I mean, yeah, uh, it's absolutely awful there. for them. You know, Bosa and uh, Jimmy probably out and Kettle out. It, it's tough for San Fran. And it's sad to say this, but it's kind of true. San Fran is the worst team in that division now, but it can still be a top team any in any other division, honestly. Like the NFC West is absolutely a monster. And, and to say, yeah, to say uh, San Fran is, you know, going to be in last place is really interesting still. But yeah, like the uh, the point you meant that this is a completely different offense that Green Bay is playing this week because we played them last year and we played them last year twice and we got our butts whooped both times. So hopefully we get the dub tonight with all their injuries. But last year, they didn't have really any injuries. Everyone was pretty healthy for the most part, and they went to the Super Bowl, and where they choked their lead to Kansas City. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, things come back. You know, Minnesota, uh, they, besides Teddy Bridgewater a couple of years ago, they didn't have any significant injuries, and they got all the way to the NFC title game. It, and they came back quarterback. And now, I mean, mean, it's been a couple of years and a lot of people have moved on and stuff. But at the same time, you know, injury bug sometimes doesn't affect you all year and you go pretty far. And then either the next season or the next, it hits you and it's real. Yeah. Anyway, on to uh, big trades because, I mean, the trade deadline came in past the only big. Like and, and big is very loose term. The only trade I saw was Isaiah Ford going from the Miami Dolphins to the New England Patriots, a very rare interdivision trade, especially at the deadline. But we're not going to discuss that one because there's obviously not much not? to discuss. But there was three because it's just oh. a bad trade. Uh, I mean, I'm okay with the addition, but we're not going into details. There's three trades that were made earlier this week. The first one I want to go with is – um. Avery Williamson getting traded from the winless New York Jets to the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. In a kind of reversal, if you guys remember a few years ago, Jamie Collins went from then undefeated New England to winless Cleveland Browns. So it's a, I mean, he went from literally worst to first. So happy for Avery Williamson. He's a, another good defensive piece, probably replacing Devin Bush, at least for this season, in the linebacking core. And, is bolstering, bolstering up that uh, Steelers defense that is really, really good. Dalton, any additional thought? I mean, Avery Williams went to UK, so how much do you remember of him there and how much of the addition to I mean, the Steelers? He's a pretty good this? player. 
uh, obviously. I think CO's defense is just going to keep getting better and better as the season goes on. So, yeah, they're going to they're a pretty good team. Yeah. Christian, any additional thoughts on Avery Williamson? I mean, do the Jets team, they've built up defensive presence, but yet, I don't know, they just don't gel together and then they end up shipping guys away. Uh, real so, happy what you, what's for on this trade? Avery going from one of the worst teams ever to one of the best teams right now in the league. Um, I mean, nothing really much. I mean, he's going to a team that really needs an inside backer. They did pretty well against uh, Baltimore last week. Pittsburgh did. But if it wasn't for uh, Lamar's pick six and Lamar's uh, close interception inside their own 30, then that game may have been different. But, yeah, for eight, for, for Pittsburgh and Avery Williamson, that's just a huge win for them. And this could probably carry them uh, to the AFC title game. Yeah. Uh, I love the trade. So, I mean, Pittsburgh, as much as I don't like to see them succeed just because we're tied with six and just historically back and forth, it's a good move for them, and that should be something going forward. Another move is uh, Kwan Alexander has been traded again. He seems like he's always traded every other year, it seems, at this point. Yeah, Kwan Alexander, he is going from the New Orleans Saints – to the San Francisco – no, excuse me. From the 49ers to the Saints, Kiko Alonso is going from the Saints to oh the 49ers gosh, in that Then They got Kiko. Kiko – I had Kiko's page pull up. Kiko is the one he's always trade every year. So, I mean, so, I'm okay. I messed up there a bit. K1 Alexander to the 49ers for Kiko Alonso in a move where it's basically presumed that uh, – they were straining some salary cap, some space with uh, the K1 deal because his contract's coming up next year, I believe, and they need the space. So I'll start with Dalton. You said, oh, my, with Kiko Alonso when you found out he was going there. So I guess no, Kiko Alonso. No, I don't Kiko Alonso. I'm just saying, like, I mean, I don't know. They, they got they got Quan Alexander like two or three years ago, and I didn't realize it was such a big move until we played him. And I was like, well, okay, that changes everything now. Um, Kiko Alonso has he's got a little bit more of a sample size than Quan Alexander. Kiko's on he's pup, a, right yeah. Now. I didn't realize this. I'm, I'm looking this up right now. He's on pup, so he, he hasn't played, played all season, season, but he has got he's he's got like he's he's had a pretty decent career so far, and he's a pretty good player. And this just adds to their linebacking core that's already been good throughout the entire like last part of the season. Uh, last year on their Super Bowl run and stuff like that. Uh, so I don't know. Um, it's, it's great. Anything with the Saints getting a K one Alexander? Um, Is it K one or Quan? I keep changing it. Quan, Quan. Yeah. yeah, but uh, I don't know. Saints. I mean, that's a, I mean that's a pretty good move, I guess. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tight race to win the the NFC South between the Bucks and the Saints. Because Saints and Bucks both won this play week weekend, Sunday so. night. Yeah, and they play yeah. next weekend. Huh? They play Sunday night. Mm-hmm. We'll preview that in a bit. Christian, do you have any additional thoughts on the? Oh, uh, in my eyes, um, I don't know if trade. this if either uh, package really helps for them. For San Fran, like I said earlier, you know, I think their season is kind of done. Excuse me, at this point. So I don't know how big. Uh, Kiko Alonso is going to play a huge yeah. factor. Yeah, true. I mean, and again, but, Kiko is still you know, on top. So hasn't played this even, year, and they have also. I think they got a pick or like a fifth round pick or something. Like so it doesn't really help for them. Fifth for round Orleans, conditional, yeah. I mean, New Orleans is not as good as everyone is thinking. Real close games. I think their biggest win per margin was like eleven points to the Bucks. But at the end, uh, close to the end of the game, it was a pick six that helped them uh, have that spread a little bit. So I don't really trust New Orleans to be uh, a top team in the playoff race this year. But you know, it may help, may not. I don't know. We'll find. We'll find out sooner. But I don't think this is a big trade or that helps any team. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think San Fran was just looking to shred the cap. So, and again, the experience is good to have. And then the only other like notable trade is a, in his, I'm going to make sure I get this year right. Fourth year cornerback, uh, Desmond King has been shipped from the LA Chargers to the Tennessee Titans. So, Tennessee, obviously, you guys remember they made the title game last year in the AFC off to a great start this year. Iowa just loves pumping out those cornerbacks. It's ridiculous how well they have. But, I mean, I like the move for Tennessee. It gives them another guy out there on defense to help out. So, we'll see how this goes, obviously. But they have to be at least the favorites in that division right now. They've been, I think they're slightly ahead of the Colts, in my opinion. Dalton, let's go to you. What's your thoughts on uh, Desmond King? Great move. Desmond King was playing pretty well for, for the Chargers. Um yeah, no, Tennessee Titans are going all in, I think. And trying to make a good run at the title this year. And yeah, Desmond is going where? Have on this? He's on the – he's going to yeah, the Titans so now. He's also that, actually, that pick actually may help uh, Tennessee. Tennessee this year, I think right now they're sitting at the fourth seed, I believe. Or I think there's something like that. Yeah. yeah, they're the four. So this actually may help Tennessee right uh, a lot. I don't know how great their secondary is, but uh, ten- it just helps Tennessee, I think, because Desmond King is a real nice player, especially in the slot. So, you know, I think this is a, a good trade for Tennessee. All I got to say about that. Yeah. And uh, the other NFL trade deadline – Usually uneventful uh, in general. I mean, last year was we had a couple of good receivers on the move, especially the big one, Muhammad Sanu, for a second-round pick. That just worked out so well for the Patriots, obviously. And I'm joking because he was a bust. But Emmanuel Sanders last year we saw, was it uh, Demarius Thomas a few years ago at the deadline? So, I mean, it's been NFL historically pretty weak at the deadline. Anyway, NFL predictions for this upcoming week. We'll begin with the game that, if you looked at it, it it looks all yeah, right, it like preseason. But this is a is a game that you don't know yeah, what I'm talking about, honestly. <laughs> okay, which game do you think Gosh. I'm talking about? Preseason, oh, man. If you look at this game preseason, you wouldn't think it's anything of it. Since you think you know me so God, well, I'm gonna take a good guess. Ah, oh, man, is it prime time? No, it's just a regular regular of a game one o'clock game. Mm, yeah, it's 425. 425. I think two, two games? Oh, my. Spence. <laughs> you son of a gun. Okay, yeah. So, we have two friends of ours. One is a oh Dolphins fan. God. One's a Cardinals fan. Yeah. So, if they if they are listening to this podcast, this is this – I don't even know these guys. guys. You're sick, man. The, uh, Miami Dolphins in Arizona – you don't know. Chris doesn't know this. I Dolan hate and I this. Have been on a retreat, Why are you so. doing this to me, Spence? These are good teams. These it's it's 4-3 Miami. I don't care. Don't give this... him the satisfaction. Don't I give him the satisfaction. Now. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, no, we're going to get sued now. Damn. But anyway, I, it's, I think it's good. You got the battle of QBs who wear number one with oh Tyler gosh. Murray and Tua Tungavaloa. So. Who's the real number one uh, deserving of it? But I I think in this game, there's a factor of – I mean, they're both young, obviously. And I I do love Flores as a coach. I think he's fantastic. What he's done Miami cannot be overstated. But Kyler Murray with uh, D-Hop and having another uh, Larry Fitzgerald, that team just – is explosive on offense. They just beat Seattle a while back. So I'm going to go side with the Cardinals this week. So that's my pick. But I think it will be interesting to see how Tua develops. Because, Dawn, you got a first-hand look at Tua last week. And Tua, did, he did enough to get the he win. He didn't even do he have, that he much. He didn't even do that much. Because I they didn't know. have the ball. Tell me about it. Their defense helped. Their yeah. defense was really defense good last and week. special teams. But Tua, again, he's uh, it was not that impressive, but again, rookie making his NFL first start, something something to watch going for. I think he's gonna be he's gonna be fine in his career, but I'm signing with Kyler 
Dalton, I'll go to you since you know our two friends. What's your thoughts on this game? I don't want to pick a team, but I have to pick a team. <laughs> you can decide um, half if you want. Yeah. Look, I want <laughs> you could to go pick... with the rear of your call. I'm gonna pick the Cardinals because I think they have the better team. I swear, if the Cardinals lose, Spencey, you and I are about to get toasted for this, and it's not even gonna be funny. Oh, we can't even. Oh, I know. It's gonna... I mean, it's because also like the whole division. Yeah, thing, I mean, Patriots AFC East. You're in the West Rams, so we have that. That's both impact our division races in okay. a way too. Although Pages kind of look out of it now, we're not. I'm gonna go ahead and pick the Cardinals, Chris, but I hope the Dolphins win because of division implications. So, oh my, nope. Christian. So you're in parts because you've never met these people, but and you also this a lot will of be very so what's interesting. Your these are two. Kyler and well, Kyler, what we've seen has definitely taken a huge step in how he's playing well because now. He's, he could seriously lead this team to a title win and possibly, maybe not likely, but possibly into uh, the champ, the NFC title picture. So that could be interesting. And Miami, like I said earlier, Spence, Flores has done an amazing job in Miami. Um, even though they were tanking for Tua, he still wanted to be competitive with these games. And I think they were... They were three and thirteen or four and twelve last year. Oh, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah, just last year, I remember they won enough games to get him out, but they two kind of. That, that's true. Injury. I mean, the Bengals were the only team. The Bengals the only team that was looking for one, but yeah, you know, yeah. Both teams are within the division. They're like right now. Yeah, Arizona so I think and Miami are both second. I think just because division. Arizona has a much better offense, I think they have this. But I will say Miami is definitely going to play a tough game. But I got Arizona. Yeah, I mean, I think but coaching talent wise, it has to go to Arizona. I'm not. A big, I'm not a really big Cliff guy. Yeah, and. uh Man, Dalton, stick with your uh, division. We have the Seahawks taking on the Buffalo Bills. And I'll, again, I didn't, I just picked them games I saw that looked really good. I didn't intend for another AFC East, NFC Yeah, West you did. Don't play that game with me, mister. Dude, I just looked for the best matchups. And we have Seattle and Buffalo. And gosh, if only Patriots ran for this oh, week, but now it's a few yeah. weeks from now. Yeah, those teams will play. Now. Let me cry. Let's cover that one. <laughs> yeah, but – Oh, my. If only. But Seattle has that 1 o'clock game, obviously traveling from the West Coast to the East to take on Buffalo. Line three and a half – or just three points to say. I think Seattle is just – I mean, I think they're the better team on paper. But Buffalo at home – Buffalo didn't also just – did not look that impressive against the Patriots. Despite the win – Patriots had a chance down there late, and if it wasn't for Cam fumbling, I'm not saying they would have won necessarily, but I don't know. Buffalo, as good as they've been, they still are a very flawed football team to some degree. I think they're still in the division, and that's not a knock on them. I just think they're flawed at certain points on defense. And Seattle, as bad as their defense has also been, I think Rus- Russell Wilson thinks the best quarterback in football right now, this season at least. I mean, obviously Mahomes, you can get to different discussion later, but I think – Right now, Russ is my MVP, and I cannot doubt Russell Wilson. I think the Seahawks win this game. Dawn, I'll throw to you since you have a lot of thoughts on this, especially as it impacts both our divisions. What's your pick take on this game? Um, I think the Seahawks have the better team, too. Um, yeah, no, Russell Wilson. It's in Orchard Park, which could be Buffalo's advantage. It could be. If, but Seattle but Seattle has to – they have to, like, run the ball effectively and – you know, score some points early on because if they don't and Buffalo does, it's going to be a long day because they did the same that they, because they basically did the same that to my they basically did the same thing to my team back in week three when the Rams went over to Buffalo and played over there in Orchard Park and they went up twenty one to three at halftime. So, granted, my team didn't want to run the ball, which I'm infuriated by and <laughs> want to yell and scream at my TV, but like. It like seriously like if Seattle wants to win this game, 
then they've got to play fast really early on. Um, and I think they do that. I think I think Russ gets the win. I'm going to pick the Seahawks. Yeah. So something Christian, that I realized about Buffalo. Buffalo is six and two, and they're leaders in the AFC East. But points scored, a hundred and ninety-eight. Points allowed, a hundred and ninety-nine. So they are actually being outscored more than they're scoring, and they're six and two. Besides their win against the Jets, every single win has been one score. Every. I mean, they yeah, also, yeah, that but they can seriously like be like they can honestly be zero and eight possibly or one in seven, like they really could be how close the scores were. So I don't, I'm not trusting Buffalo right now. Being, you know, having a shootout with uh, Seattle, especially with their improving defense. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna call Seattle. Seattle wins it. And uh, I think it'll be a close game, but I don't think Buffalo can hang as long as they have with New York and New England last two weeks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Seattle's a different animal this year. Another 1 o'clock game in uh, Tennessee and Nashville. We have the Chicago Bears taking on the Titans. This is they're giving Tennessee six points at home. Not surprising that, but and Tannehill has looked really good this year. Bears, Nick Foles, yeah, such an inconsistent quarterback. Yeah, I mean, they lost only by three to the Saints, but I just think that. I mean, I don't know if Desmond King will play. I think he has to wait a week because of the quarantine rules and whatnot. So I don't think he'll play this week. But the Bears, Titans. I think it's still the Titans have the advantage because Derrick Henry is an absolute beast at running the football, and I think that's what it comes down to is the run game. Tennessee can get it going early, establish the run with Henry, and just um, shorten the game up a bit for Chicago. And, Foles, and Nick Foles is not going to beat you throwing 100 times a game or so. So that's what I'm going with. I'll start with Christian since the Bears are in NFC North. I was team. super happy that so the Bears lost take on, uh, the Bears-Titans game. I, I was thrilled. Even though Chicago's defense is an absolute <laughs> monster, and I'll give them credit for that, but, my gosh, their offense needs help. <laughs> their offense needs help at quarterback and at offensive line especially. So, I think I think it goes to Tennessee. Um, but it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be um, if Chicago can shut down Derrick Henry – then we just got to see what happens with Ryan Tannehill because I think Chicago's game plan is we'll shut down Derek and Tannehill has to beat us. So, but I got I got confidence in Ryan and then in next. Yeah, I mean, but Khalil Mack can only take you so far. Yeah, I trust Ryan on that. Uh, Dawn, what's your take on the uh, Bears Titans game? Um, well, I think it's. I mean, this could be a really, really good matchup for Derrick Henry. You got two quarterbacks that are, like, pretty meh, if I'm being honest, but this game is looking really good on paper. Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, I'm going to go ahead and take the Titans. I think think that the Bears' run defense is something to be – Not to be uh, messed with. That's what I'm looking for. Hmm. Yeah, it could be. It could be. Um. Rams ran all over the Bears' run defense or defense that when they when they played them. Um, well, they didn't even have any that's what you probably looking so, for. Um, I mean, yeah, six foot four <laughs> can run like can run like a deer. Uh, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take the Titans, and I think Derrick Henry has a good day. So I hope he does for the fantasy team. Yeah, it's. <laughs> Of course. Naturally. Uh, next game I have on the uh, docket for picking is the Ravens and the Colts. Ravens looking to bounce back from that loss to the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Colts looking to hold their ground in their division race. And right now, Baltimore two and a half on the road. I'm not sure exactly where if, what the capacity is for Lucas Oil this year. But uh, Naheem Hines, I don't know if you guys saw last week. Did you see that touchdown he had? 
And then he did gymnastics. I don't, back I don't back think back. I remember yeah, so, that one, but yeah, go. Yeah, so the Colts. I mean, the Colts. Uh, if you look up on Twitter, I mean, the Colts have been. They, I mean, it was against the Lions. They beat the Bengals in a close one. So they've had some close games lately. But this, I mean, I, I don't know what to make of the Colts because, like, some games they look really good. Some games Rivers looks exhausted. Baltimore, not what they were last year, and now I don't think they're the primitive favorite necessarily. I mean, right now the division is clearly Pittsburgh's to lose right now. But I think in this one game against the Colts, I, I do like their chances. So I'm going to side with Baltimore. I think Lamar is just – I mean, Lamar is thing's just oh, out of this world, okay. and he's going to be I just amazing that video. on that football <laughs> field Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I don't – no, 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 no. Oh, you're uh, sorry, yeah, it was like, against Detroit, not making, against the Bengals. I mean, you're exaggerating that. <laughs> yeah, I was go- – okay, yeah, Detroit. Um, Christian, uh, what's your – I mean, the Colts are a good team. They're – you know, their defense is okay, and their offense – they have a ceiling with Phillip Rivers, but I feel like they kind of overplay it sometimes. But, I mean, Baltimore, I think after losing – um, to Pittsburgh in the way that they did. I think this week in practice, they're definitely like, we got to step it up. We can't just be slacking and think we can dominate every game. Even though they may think we got Indy, they got to come out and just fire on all cylinders and just uh, whoop the Colts. And I think they will. I think Baltimore will uh, take down the Colts. Okay. Dalton, anything to add to this game on your prediction no, for this sir. game? No, sir. I'm picking the Ravens. And nothing else? You I think say? that the Ravens win by more than what they're predicted to win by. So, oh, they're saying more than uh, one. I was like, okay. that's a yeah. prediction. They're projected by two and a half. Okay. So. Anyway. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, Spence. Uh Woo! Okay, this week we actually get a good Sunday Night Football hey, game. Hey, I'll tell you what. Last and Sunday Night Football be quiet, game was be quiet. great. Okay, last week's was good. I mean, it was it was a, it was it a must, was must watch. watch. <laughs> Carson Wentz. Danucci, you got Jay, James Madison versus North Dakota State. Oh, man, yeah, respect can't. the FCS. Exactly. Now, instead, you got the uh, – I mean, two quarterbacks who statistically – so that way I cover – I'm not going to – it's not – this is facts right here. Statistically, two of the greatest to play the game. You have the top two leaders in passing touchdowns, passing yards up there. I mean, it's both first battle Hall of Famers. You have Tom Brady, Drew Brees, which if you've noticed like the last two weeks, it's gone back and forth with the uh, NFL pass touchdowns. Like, oh, Tom Brady breaks passes Drew Brees for passing touchdowns. And then next, oh, it's flipped again. I'm going to look up what the total – so, I don't know how updates – I saw – this is – I don't know if it's update right now. I think okay, I think this is. This is uh, according to Pro Football Reference. Tom Brady, 561 passing touchdowns. Drew Brees, 560. And uh, passing yards right here, if this refreshes – you have Drew Brees, 79,314. Brady, 3,000 yards back, 76,760. So, it's going to be, I think, a lot of uh, the ball is going to be flying a lot down the field, a lot of passing. But I think the Saints, I mean, it's a division game, so it's going to be close for sure. But I like the Saints because just for the simple fact that Alvin Kamara can do it all, although we have no clue what the deal is with Michael Thomas, if he will play or not. I think he's out but i could be completely wrong on that too so i again buccaneers that they gave new york a very close game money which is a little alarming to say the least but vegas is going tampa minus five and i just think i just think the saints with uh drew Brees, and i mean as much as i love tom brady that team is just oh it's gonna be very very close and it's hard to predict division games but i, I have to go saints Dolan, i'll go um, you on this now uh well I think I think really this is this is gonna be a good test for Drew Brees and the Saints because um Bucks defense has been uh good up until this point, up until last week at least. Um they were 
you know, of course we know. We know that the Giants are going to play everybody tough, okay? Um, you know, so far, all of their games this year have been pretty close, sort of. Um, so that really doesn't surprise me. Um, also, Joe Judge kind of knows Tom Brady yeah. from being on the Patriots sideline for yeah. a bit. Um, so, I don't know. I think, I think really um, – I think that Tom Brady is going to go ahead and win this rematch from week one. Um, I'm going to pick the Bucks. I think. Let me I, ask you this before okay. you go on. Do you know who the leading receiver is for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Of course. Leading receiver in of terms course. of receiving yards. Scotty Miller. Who is it? Scotty Miller. I remember week one, he had a pretty good yeah. game against New Orleans. Yeah. So. Look, watch because hey, man, out of nowhere he had a course, good game. Go. Brady's got another white small slot receiver from Bowling Green. Well. Yeah, so, oh my, in the slot. Mean, yeah, Bowling Green. So yeah, Scotty Miller. It watch. Hey, he's man, have a I, good game, I, don't, I literally don't know what it is about small white slot receivers, but Brady just he just okay. likes to throw it to him. Oh, yeah, everyone's like, oh, Evan's going to light up. Gronk's going to light up. Right, Godwin. So, no, it's yeah, so listen. So I have a second here. Scotty Miller so they have today. Mike Evans, Gronk, Godwin, OJ Howard, Ronald Jones can catch out of the backfield, Leonard Fournette, Cameron Bright, LaShawn McCoy, and their leading guy is Scotty Miller. It's ridiculous how – and they're all doing decent. And, you know, Mike's got seven touchdowns. But, my goodness, how does Scotty Miller – you know, a dude from probably Walmart gets on the field and he's amazing. <laughs> yeah, Christian. Uh, while we're on this, what is what is uh actually, Dalton? What was your prediction? I'm going to take the Bucks for this game. Going to take yes. the Bucks. Any um, reason? I mean, I figured this game was going to be the one that was going to be different because, between all of because us. Because also, Tom Brady's at home. Okay, he's at home this week. Um, more time to prepare, and yeah, no, I actually no, that's a short week. Hold on, that's a short week. Oh, yeah, I'm still gonna take the Bucks anyway. Yeah, they got the Monday night. Yeah, yeah. I think it's gonna be close. Brady looking to get revenge for yeah. that first game of the year. Um, Christian, you know, I mean, the last, I mean, last time I saw Tampa Bay play a team that I liked, uh, they get they got whooped. Uh, the team that I like did. Um, Tampa Bay is going to go after you. I mean, they, they found that their rhythm and they're clicking really well, even though Tom Brady has some trouble with the offense sometimes. They're still... Yeah, but they're still in Tom sync Brady with everything. And I think they'll season, be just though. fine. So I got the Bucks winning big. Uh, I don't think New Orleans – like, I just don't trust New Orleans without Michael Thomas. I just don't. Alvin Kamara can do it all, and he he and Dalvin Cook are just monsters on their own, and Derrick Henry. Like, they don't even need their quarterback to do good. But I think Tampa Bay is just way too loaded uh, on defense and offense that they lose this game. So I got Tampa uh, back to rematch. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this is the reverse of week one. I picked the Bucks week one. I think I think one of you guys made it. I, also I the picked Bucks, the Saints. The rest was- <laughs> There's no way I was going to pick the Bucks week so, one. Also, just a little update since we are at the midway point of the season. Our uh, standings right now, Dawn and I are tied right now 21 13 and 1. Christian and Casey have a 20 14 and 1 record, one game back. Again, a lot of football left to be played. And. This week we're all the same except for the yes, same Bucks game. So that game's Dawn's getting that if Bro. he can get that advantage over me and I'll drop to tie for Dawn can get so I'm, position I'm first fired place. up, baby. I'm fired up. I can't wait for Sunday night. Um uh, a game that we're not going to pick, but a game that I'll if it's on TV, I might pick Let's go. for a bit to watch it. The New York Giants and yes, football team. <laughs> NFC, yes. NFC East division no, is just. No, I feel like no, it's real. No, NFC East has to be prime no, time. Like, let's do no. game, which, Yes, 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 yes. Thursday yes. night, mobile NFC East. 
NFC beast. beast should be a primetime game. Oh my Christian. Hey man, this for this football game should have been the Monday night primetime game. That's what they should have done. Oh Screw my. the Jets. The Washington man, it, football team is here. <laughs> oh, it was the Giants are playing. You messed up the joke. Washington football team is here. Okay, anyway, we are essentially at the midway point of the year. Any I'll just go one by one. Any big takeaways? From the first half of the season so far, mine, I, I think the Titans are a lot better than I thought they would be. I mean, I thought they'd make a playoff run. I didn't think they'd be right now. I'm looking at my predictions right now. See how bad I'm doing. New England was a gut of a pick for the division when that is not looking good at all. And Cowboys could still win the division, but that looking really bad. Um, Christian, I know you. We bring this up a yep. lot every week. You usually bring up first, but your Viking. You picked the Vikings for the division, and they won last week. But that is not looking Spencer, like a good pick. Any other yeah, takeaways Spencer, so far? Dalvin, Dalvin Cook, Cook has half week. the game. I don't think he. I don't think they win. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm kind of upset that Minnesota kind of failed me, and and also I'm happy because I'm a Packers fan. I'm happy they stuck, but at the same time. Um, yeah, for my predictions is awful, but I, I just really don't have many, I don't have anything else to say really, except, uh, thank God Minnesota sucks and I hate that Devin Cook destroyed us. Dawn, any, uh, big takeaways from the first half of the season so far? The Washington football team. They went through some tragic stuff at the very beginning of the season in the offseason. And they're still in it to win the NFC East. I'm pulling for them, and I'm also pulling for the Jets to finish 0-16. That's Respect right. That's shield, right. Man. They're not going to get Trevor Lawrence, but I hope that they become the second team ever to finish 0-16. No, they'd be the third that team. Too. But oh my! Anyway, that about does any closing remarks you guys have for the show. Are you going to be watching Monday Night Football, Spence? It's Jets, it's Jets and Patriots. I'll watch it. Who's playing? The Jets just... and the Patriots. Oh yeah, of course I'm watching it. I forgot we. Gosh, I, I always watch my team. I don't care how Christian. bad we are. Yeah, I know. Been, a bad he doesn't want. He doesn't care. They were playing. Uh, am I, am I <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm my takeaway right is uh, hope. Fried. You know, because San Fran did close down their facility today because of uh, Kendrick Bourne being positive for COVID. So hopefully the game doesn't get canceled, and if it doesn't, I hope Green Bay kills them because we deserve it. <laughs> if they had their full team, then they the would probably Niners, win, but they don't. They're not going to win more than likely. I know, but we're just saying. So right now, I'm in Green Bay. Possibly, possibly, but you can't play hypotheticals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We all lost last week. Dolan, of course, your Rams are on bye. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and and week, also, we but... can't lose. Uh, <laughs> we can't. Oh, man. Hopefully, next week, we have a Joyce episode <laughs> where Patriots win, Packers win, and, well, the Rams won't hey, lose. Hey, man, so. technically, we could cover it this, this next week if the Patriots win and the Packers win. I don't know. We'll see. Hey, okay. no, but week 10 is going to be really, really nice. Week 10 is going to be really, really nice. The Seahawks and the Rams play. I haven't even looked ahead that much. And, uh, yeah, the Ravens and the Pats play. Spence. Man. That's no <laughs> – that game looked good preseason. But, anyway, we'll talk about the week uh, – next week, uh, NFL season, when we come back. But this has been another edition of Out of yeah, the House. Thanks Nerds. for listening, guys. I'm Spencer Brown. I'm Dalton Bishop. So thanks for listening again and enjoy the rest of your day.